Good evening, Newark family. It's good to be back with you. I'm excited for our message tonight and the time we get to spend together. So let's take just a minute and open with prayer and dive right in. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the opportunity to be together. I ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive your word, that you would let all of us take this and grow from it and learn and be prepared for the seasons of life that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week we are talking about seasons. And tonight I'm going to talk about two seasons and how they work together. And not really a compare, but kind of how they help one another. These seasons are seasons of refreshing and seasons of exhaustion, both of which we read about throughout Scripture. I'm sure you've all been there where you planned your week, you planned everything was going to go just so, and then something happened. Something unexpected happened. Or maybe even you knew it was coming and you expected it and you were very exhausted. And it seemed like once things started, it just kept going and kept going and kept going. And you're thinking, when is enough? When am I going to be able to stop? And we all experience seasons of exhaustion. We also always all experience seasons of refreshing, a time when we just feel the Lord so close and we feel his strength and we hear his voice and we feel growth and excitement and peace and everything seems to flow so well. And these times of refreshing that come can also be seasons. We have moments of exhaustion. We have moments of refreshing. And then we do have longer periods, which we're calling seasons. I'm going to start off reading some scriptures about refreshing. Psalms 23. Many of us know this passage. And when I read it again, I thought, wow, what a time of refreshing. It's a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. This is in the net. He takes me to lush pastures. He leads me to refreshing water. He restores my strength. He leads me down the right paths. For the sake of his reputation, even when I must walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff reassure me. You prepare a feast before me in plain sight of my enemies. You refresh my head with oil. My cup is completely full. Surely your goodness and faithfulness will pursue me all my days, and I will live in the Lord's house for the rest of my life. What a powerful verse. This is a person that even in fear, even in turmoil, even in darkness, they're not afraid because God is with them. And that's how we feel during times of refreshing. The enemy may come, but I can rest. The Lord refreshes my head with oil. My cup is completely full. This is a great description of a time of refreshing. There's also another type of refreshing we see in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. If you read on through this chapter, it's talking about the Messiah, Jesus, and all that comes with that, such as the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and how refreshing that is, and how God's Spirit and God's presence refreshes us. And that is something we can all look forward to. Once we, When we have received God's Spirit and His refreshing that constantly comes, that comfort and that refreshing that comes from His Spirit. 
Then in John 14, 1 through 3 in the NLT, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. So we go back to Psalm 23 and we, we see the key to the refreshing in Psalm 23 is the presence of the Lord. The key to refreshing in Acts 3 is the presence of the Lord. And the key to refreshing in John 14, even the ultimate refreshing of spending eternity with Jesus is his presence. So on this earth, we have refreshing from Christ, from God, from his spirit being poured out upon us. We have refreshing where he is just with us so strong and he strengthens us and gives us rest and nourishment. And then we have refreshing from his spirit living in us and how he leads us and guides us and comforts us and refreshes us. And then ultimately, we have an eternal refreshing because we are in the presence of the Lord for eternity, face to face. And so the refreshing of the Lord, we have seasons here on earth, but we also have this hope to look for, for all of eternity with Jesus. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about exhaustion. I don't even need to give you a definition of exhaustion. We've all experienced it. A common quote that has been quoted to me um, many times, and then you have sport, mainly from sports coaches, a common quote among them is, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And that is a powerful quote because it is so true. When we get exhausted, the things that didn't scare us, the things that didn't traumatize us, the things that were pretty easy to take on, when we get exhausted, everything's hard. Everything is, is overwhelming. Things make, we want to run away. We want to hide. And why is this? Um, because exhaustion is the one, I won't say the, it is one of the number one reasons that people quit. Exhaustion is one of the top reasons that people quit. And I'm going to give you an example of that out of the out of 1 Kings chapter 19 with Elijah. Many of us know the story of Mount Carmel where Elijah went and he built an altar to God and he said come and we're going to find out who the real God is today and by the end of the whole thing God had um, the God that showed up by fire God had consumed the, the sacrifice the, the water all of these all of the things um, in that sacrifice and the people knew Jehovah Yahweh is God and it was a huge victory but it was an exhausting, it was an all day long thing. It, it was exhausting. It was tiring. And then we hear about, you know, Elijah, um, it rains. Elijah runs. He outruns the chariot of uh, the king. And let's read what happens. The next day, Jezebel hears about everything that happened. And she said, so let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them, referring to her dead prophets, by tomorrow about this time. She says, you are a walking dead man. Tomorrow you will be dead, whatever it takes. So um, Elijah 
when he, he hears about that, he, he runs for his life uh, to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But then it says, He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself to God that he might die. He said, It is enough. Now, O oh Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. Elijah was exhausted. He was exhausted on every level, physically, mentally, emotionally. He was drained and he was completely exhausted to the point where he just said, God, just let me die. I just can't anymore. In verse 5, it says, As he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him. And said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat Forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, Horeb, the mount of God. So God realized a key point here. When Elijah was exhausted, what did he need to do? He needed to eat. He needed to drink. He needed to have nourishment. And he needed to sleep. He needed to rest and have nourishment. So those are key things when we're exhausted. God didn't ask anything or require anything else out of Elijah when he was exhausted except that he rest and eat and drink. And then God gave him meat from an angel that sustained him 40 days and 40 nights until he traveled to the, to the Mount of God. So God knows what we need. We should never feel guilty when we are in a moment or in a season of exhaustion that we need to rest. We shouldn't feel guilty that we need to eat. We, sometimes we just have to tell everybody else, I'm sorry, I have to go eat something and I need to rest for a few minutes. I just can't do any more right now. I remember growing up in my house it was pretty easy to grab a snack whenever you wanted. Uh, there were always things available and cereal, you know, fruit, uh, snacky stuff. My mom, she knew when we came from school, we'd be really hungry. So she gets little stuff in the freezer. But occasionally I would go to my friend's house and they didn't have those things. And I remember thinking, do these people ever eat? Because they were a family that ate their very structured three meals a day. And there really wasn't any snacking in between. Or at least not when I was there. <laughs> and so I would be so hungry because I was used to eating smaller meals with snacks in between. And that, that can happen to us in life. Maybe we're out. Maybe we're doing a project. We're working. And we feel exhausted. But we feel this pressure because nobody else looks exhausted. Or we have a lot going on and we need to stop and eat, but nobody else is eating. We don't need guilt. We need to understand, you know what, this is my point where I'm, I'm at my limit and I need to go get something to eat. I need to sit down and rest for a few minutes so I can be a better version of me. Because exhaustion warps our thinking. We don't think the way we would. Normal, rational people, when they get exhausted, their thinking changes. All of us do that. It causes us to make mistakes that we wouldn't normally make. Exhaustion magnifies fear and it magnifies and can cause extreme emotions that will present. Something that maybe wouldn't bother you normally, suddenly it's, it's a huge deal. You're really upset. 
over something that doesn't matter. Or some people, when they get really exhausted, they laugh. And they may be laughing at a time where it's not the best time to laugh. So this is where we can we can look at a time of refreshing and say, how, how can a time of refreshing benefit me during a time of exhaustion, a season of exhaustion? During times of refreshing, when God is providing nourishment, he's giving you that rest that you need. He feels so close. You just feel his presence right there. Uh, you're learning, you're growing in his presence. He's teaching you. It's a, a great time of growth. Our vision has cleared. And we've been refreshed and life no longer feels so overwhelming. This is when we take time to prepare for seasons of exhaustion. We know they're coming. Sometimes we pretend they're not coming or sometimes we think we have the perfect plan and nothing's going to interrupt it and we're not going to have a, a, you know, exhaustion. And sometimes it works that way, but many times exhaustion comes. We know it's going to come. We know we're going to have times where it's crunch time and we're going to be exhausted. So how can we plan for that? Well, during our times of refreshing, once we begin, we've rested, we've had nourishment, and we begin to have clarity. Things begin to make a little more sense. Um, issues that were issues are not issues anymore. All of a sudden you have solutions and we're in a season of refreshing. We can begin to reflect we can gain knowledge about ourselves. We can look back and say, okay, when I, when I handled this situation, this situation, what did I learn? What, do I, what can I know about myself from how I've dealt with the recent situations? So self-reflection, we gain this knowledge about ourselves. It's also a time to test our limits. We're refreshed, we're invigorated, we're energized. It's time to test our limits. When you're exhausted is not the time to test your limits. Uh, what does it mean to test our limits? It means to see what I'm made of. Um, what can I do now? How have I grown? Because of what I've been through, because of how I've grown, what can I do now? What can I do differently? What situations do I know how to handle differently? What do I know about my stamina? What do I, do I know about my own need for rest and nourishment? And during this time of learning and reflecting and, and testing ourselves, we can build endurance. We can also take time to make and reaffirm decisions about trusting God and how we will respond in future difficult situations, whether we're exhausted or it's a catastrophe or it's gr horrible grief, the unexpected or expected loss of a loved one. These difficult situations are going to come. So we can decide, I'm going to trust God and this is what I'm going to do when this hits me. Um, I like to reference the three Hebrew boys in Babylon, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't wait until they stood in front of the fiery furnace being told to bow to decide whether or not they were going to serve God. They didn't decide in that moment that they would not bow. That decision was made long before they were tested. That decision was made at another time. And I believe those decisions are made during times of, of refreshing, times of learning, times of growing, times of being stretched as well. We make those decisions ahead of time before we're exhausted and before very testing and difficult times come. Then there, then there is no question to ask. Will you bow? Well, they don't have to think about that. It's wrote, no, we don't. We only bow to the one and only true God. 
my oldest son was sharing with me something recently that he uh, learned in his history. During World War I, the British riflemen were challenged to be the best at speed and accuracy. And now this is not a modern gun. This is those, the older guns um, where you had to, you had to eject and, you know, reload. You had to, you had to do the, it was no pump action. It was not a, an automatic action. And these, these rifles, they had their little sights. They had to look through. So there's not a scope. There's not a whole lot of help here. And these riflemen were challenged to be the best and to practice in the way they were they were challenged was they were offered money. So whoever came in first at the practices got paid. Other people didn't. That's quite an incentive <laughs> that you get paid more or you have a, a monetary goal. So these, these soldiers had practiced quite a bit. When they went into battle, they were so fast and so accurate that the enemy thought they were under machine gun fire. That's pretty powerful coming from a bolt action gun that a group of men can, the enemy thinks they are machine gun fire because they're so fast and so accurate. These soldiers, they did not stop to think about what they were doing. They didn't have to watch real close to make sure they, they did everything correct on their gun and then they aimed. They didn't make decisions about how they were gonna shoot and where they were gonna shoot in the middle of the battle because they had already mastered what they would do before they ever entered the battle. And this is a great illustration of how we, in our walk with God, can prepare for times of exhaustion and times of turmoil. We plan ahead. And so I have a scripture of how scripture um, teaches us to plan ahead. What should we do? You're like, okay, so we plan ahead. What's a way we can plan ahead for exhaustion? We can plan ahead other than knowing we need to eat and we need to rest and, and we know what to, you know that we are going to trust God and have faith. Well, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 and 18 gives us a plan. It says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. If you and I, during times of refreshing, during times where we're regaining our strength, if we can take the time to put on the armor of God daily, every part of the armor of God ties back to the word of God. It ties back to scripture if we can, this involves staying in the word of God, reading scripture, continually learning and growing, obeying scripture, striving to follow God and his word in righteousness, allowing scripture to speak peace to us, deciding to keep the faith no matter what, and continually living a life of prayer. This is putting on the armor of God. And if we make it a daily routine, 
something we do daily. Like those, like those young soldiers, they practice daily and they practice and they practice. So when they had, when the time came for them to use their skill, to use what they had practiced, it was routine. They didn't have to think about it. They did it. Their body did it. It was an automatic response. And so if we daily put on the armor of God and we daily read his word and live in a way that, that obeys his word and follows his word and we have a lifestyle of prayer, we don't have, when we are exhausted, when we are in times of turmoil and great trouble, we won't have to stop and think about, oh, how do I make a good decision here? Oh, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. Oh, no, I need a scripture. What does the word of God say? We don't have to think about it. We naturally get up in the morning and begin putting on the armor of God because we are feeding ourselves with his word. It comes natural. It's a natural response to starting our day. It's not something we have to go and learn and figure out and put a lot of thought into how to do it. So when you're exhausted, you automatically have scriptures that come to you. When you're exhausted, you pray, you cling to the Lord, you cling to your faith, and you know, God's got this. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why my, my family member died. I don't understand the pain. I don't understand the suffering I'm going through. I'm exhausted, but I do know that God has got this under control and scripture will flow through you and prayer will flow through you and you won't make have to make decisions about living righteously because it's what you do we can make sure that if we regularly take time to rest to eat to nourish our bodies to sleep then when we're exhausted we won't have we'll be like you know what i need to rest Am I eating right? Have I eaten today? Do I need to stop and have a snack and just sit for a few minutes and just clear my mind and rest during this turmoil, during this time of exhaustion, whatever's causing the exhaustion, during this season of exhaustion, if we do it before the exhaustion comes, if we do it before a turmoil, turmoil and grief and things come, then we'll know what to do when those times happen. Good leaders recognize when a part of their team is exhausted and they make sure they get rest. They do this leaders in battle, leaders in the military, uh, leaders in sports. They'll pull an exhausted team member to a different point where they're, they're still in the game, but it's a, a restful place. They'll do the same things in, in military. Um, when soldiers are in battle, they pull out some that are exhausted and send them to a place of rest so that they can be strong. So they don't, they don't quit in their exhaustion. As believers, as disciples, you and I, we must realize when we are exhausted. We have to learn to realize I'm exhausted. I'm either in a moment of exhaustion or I'm in a season where things are busy, they're full, and it's going to be a season where exhaustion is going to be present. So I'm going to have to take some time. I'm going to have to plan in some time to take care of myself and to rest. As believers and disciples, we often have to, have to realize when our families are exhausted. We have to realize when others are exhausted and we have to help them take time to rest, to know it's okay. It's okay to rest. It's okay. Take time, eat, do what you need to do to kind of, to recover a little bit. You and I will have seasons of refreshing and seasons of exhaustion. And in each season, we can prepare and draw strength from the other. I am so excited that I get to do life 
with our Newark family. I'm so excited to be a bar, part of the body of Christ all over the world because I know that someone's praying for me when they pray for the body of Christ. And when I pray for the body of Christ, then I am praying for others who may be in a season of exhaustion or in a season of refreshing. And wherever you find yourself, don't only pray for yourself, but pray for others. Use a time of refreshing and a time of exhaustion to grow in your mercy and in your grace towards others. And in a way to be forgiving and show mercy and grace because you know you've been there. And in your time of refreshing, reflect on maybe what you can do differently when you enter a time of exhaustion. I love you all. I hope you have a great evening and we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye.